Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Offensively, uh, Levy does a great job. He's been doing it at a bunch of different places now, uh, UCF and Ole Miss and, and uh, now at Oklahoma. They play as fast as anybody in the country. So uh, alignment's going to be critical. Their most important cog is their quarterback, you know, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, he's played at a high level. He can run. Um, he's got a really quick release. Um, kids won, you know, both at UCF and at Oklahoma. So uh, a lot of respect for him. Defensively, they're multiple. Uh, they're going to put pressure on you, uh, mix up the coverages. I think that unit takes the really takes the personality of their leader, and that's Coach Venables. And they're attacking. Um, they you can see that uh, that they're they're enjoying playing for him. They'll mix in some man, some zone. Uh, but the one thing they're constantly going to do is is get hats to the football. And so. Um, again, big challenge. Uh, we're looking forward to get on the road. We've played back-to-back nail biters versus these guys, and and uh, don't expect anything less uh, when we go go out to Norman. West Virginia head coach Neil Brown on Saturday's matchup. OU listed as a 13 and a half point favorite. ESPN FPI says OU has an 88.9 percent chance to win this football game. West Virginia's won back-to-back games, Travis. They are a uh, Hail Mary away from being 7-2 and two on the season and even more in the thick of the Big 12 race. How uh, how you feeling about this matchup looking ahead to Saturday? Well, if we run the ball as effectively as we have the last two games and stick with the run, then I feel good because I think our defense has been good against you know running teams this year. Uh, like I said, held Ollie Gordon to his worst game in conference from like a yards per carry metric he had his most carries of the season actually of his career against us at 33 carries despite leaving the game uh, a little bit with uh, with an injury so um you know just if you clean up turnovers i think we win tyler like i i, I truly i know it, it it's kind of lazy to simplify a game like that but i don't think that i think you legitimately can simplify it i think the last two weeks we've lost two games and it's the only two games where we've had three turnovers or, or more than two turnovers. So I think it's, it's quite simple, man. It's kind of a padlock stat, if you will. It's you take care of the ball um, because they're a team that likes to run, likes to grind it out, likes to possess the ball. We possess the ball for a horrible, horrible yeah. uh, amount of time that's against Oklahoma change. State. So when, and that's the worst is when you turn the ball over against a team that likes to hold onto the ball, I mean – these guys aren't quite army in that aspect, but they like to possess the ball. So just 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 play a clean game, and you should get out of there with a win at home. They are they're six and three, and I think the two best teams they've played this year got to be at Penn State in week one, and then Oklahoma State at home a couple of weeks ago. They lost to Penn State by 23-38-15, lost to Oklahoma State at home 48-34. That was a back and forth game, but Oklahoma State pulled away late. So. I'm with you, man. Like, in terms of the overall matchup, this is a West Virginia offense that can really run the ball. Uh, We know what Garrett Green can do. Saw him last year. But this is a team that likes to run the ball, number one in the Big 12 in conference play, rushing the football. And if you can get an effort 
with your front seven like you did last week, you, you should be okay because I don't really worry about West Virginia hitting you down the field for some big plays. Where they're going to get you if they're, is they're, if they're constantly being able to run the ball for five, six yards a carry and shorten the game even more so. So, yeah, it's just I, – I, I think the defense will be fine in this one. It's about the offense not only not turning the ball over – but maximizing the opportunities that they get in this game. You can't get a turnover from your defense at midfield and do nothing with it. If the defense gives you a gift, if they give you a turnover, if they give you a momentum swing, this offense this time around has got to take advantage of it, dude, and punch it in for six points. They have to. Yeah, and uh, I know this comment is going to feel like uh, it should have been said 20 years ago, but I'll feel a lot better if I see 28 take the field. For sure, man. Yeah, um, and, and Kip Lewis played great last week. He maybe the best defensive player that you had on the field. Led the team in tackles, but and not that you can't play both of those two guys at the same time. And and some feel like that's your best linebacker um, duo right now. But still, like regardless, Danny Stutzman being out there, talent wise, but just leadership wise, means a whole lot for this defense at this point, man. Yeah, and it's a. It, it might be similar to like the Andrew Anthony argument, right? Like, yeah, you've got talent, you know, behind him, and you can say, well, our leading receiver goes out. Ah, might not be a big deal. We got Nick Anderson there. We got Jaden Gibson. We got these guys, right? Well, you can, you can say, well, Kip Lewis, you know, had his best game of the season. It don't matter. When if you if you can get Danny Stutzman back out there, you get the Big 12's leading tackler back out there, man. That dude, it, that dude is the truth. And uh, like I said, I think mentally, after seeing his team lose, you know, late game situations, back to back weeks where he couldn't be on the field, man, I think he's gonna if he can play, I think he's gonna be on another level mentally. I mentioned that ESPN FPI has OU at an 88.9 percent chance to win. This text says, "Wow." Does ESPN know something about the refs we don't? Or maybe they just haven't been watching football. <laughs> yeah, we can fire ESPN FBI into the sun for all I, for, you know, for all I care. It hasn't mattered the I mean, past two weeks. No, and it didn't matter last year. Remember, Tyler? Yeah. Like, each game we went into, it's like, oh, ESPN FBI has a 67% chance to win. And then you and I would be taking calls, you know, being berated, you know, in the postgame show after it's another tough one-score loss. So. You know, don't don't believe all the ESPN FBI metrics, and in fact, believe none of them for the most part. Softball, Steve. Well, OU has lost back-to-back games. This ought to be a good one, fellas. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, till this offense starts to pull away, it probably will be another close one on Saturday. But regardless, they'll be wearing the Unity uniforms on Saturday. Oh, always a hot-button topic around here, right? The alternate uniforms. Text line: How do you feel about the Unity uniforms being worn on Saturday? We'll get to your text. I am. Uh, I think you know me, Travis. I'm not a. I'm not a big alternate uniform type of guy. I am very much in for the uh, traditional look for schools that have a traditional look. Not everyone has one. Some schools are known for wearing 86 different uniform combinations, and they really don't have a traditional look. But for the schools that have a traditional look, that's what I'm about. Um, however, if we're judging or ranking OU's best alternate uniforms. I would rank the Unity uniforms as the number one uh, alternate that this program has at this point. Yeah, and and you know my stance on alternate uniforms is pretty static. It's hey, look, if the recruits like them, if the players like them, do them because they're the ones having to wear them. Like you know, we I, I don't care what they wear; they could wear purple tutus for all I care as long as they run the ball and stop the run. 
So, like, don't with play that, like they're wearing purple tutus. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So, so I get it. The people that are, you know, they like the traditional look, and I like the traditional look. But, you know, you're going to have alternate uniforms, and I like these a lot more than the Bring the Wood jerseys. So, in my mind, I mean, literally my phone background, I think, is the Unity helmet. So, um, I like I like these as far as alternates go. And I think you always got to have alternates because when you look at every kid that commits to OU, the picture that he often uses is him in the Unity uniform. <laughs> Don says, love the traditional look, but these are clean. 9-1-A, Unity Uniform, OU one zillion, West Virginia 3, wearing the Unity Uniform. They are 1-0 in the Unity Uniforms, correct? Yeah, absolutely the they are. Game last year. Yeah, they beat Kansas wearing the Unity Uniforms. Oh, God, uniforms. but don't lose on Saturday wearing the Can you imagine how much worse it would be if OU would have lost these uh, past two games or one of them wearing alternate uniforms? Oh, God. Oh, man. I mean, I hey, I still think the uh, – um, I still think the gold accent at OU Texas uniforms are, are fire, but everybody says, well, we lost them, so we can't wear them. And uh, this, this, uh, this text actually backs that up from the 405. Does Alabama have alternate uniforms to win? Um, how about this? I think it's all the five stars and future NFL players and the greatest coach in college football history that actually causes them to win, not what uniforms they're wearing. Blue Well Sooner, regarding the Unity uniform, it's an interesting spot considering the Ethan Downs quote about there being a cancer in the locker room. I think that was blown way out of proportion. I don't I, um, I don't think Ethan Downs was saying that there is or are cancers in the locker room. And I think uh Nate Downs himself, Ethan's dad, friend of the friend of the show, friend of the station, Nate's awesome. I think he went on Twitter and basically clarified exactly that. That, no, Ethan wasn't talking about a specific cancer in the locker room with players. He's just talking about these different scenarios that can turn into cancer. So I don't I don't think that he was pointing at anyone in particular there. Yeah, and, that, and if you listen... That's big of a thing. It's soundbite culture. If you listen to the entire quote, like, it, he talks about that. The negativity and that kind of mindset that, that can leak into, with losing that can leak into a locker room that can be like a cancer to a locker room. I think it, it, you know, some people put it out on Twitter and, you know, tag some people, which is, I mean, it's fine. I mean, they're just asking for clarity on it, which is, which is all good. But it was, it was represented on social media as, oh, Ethan Downs says there's somebody that's a cancer in the locker room. And, you know, people are looking for reasons to say, oh, man, why did we lose? Why, oh, I found this. There must be a person that's a cancer in the locker room. Got to get rid of them. That's that's just simply not what it was. Um, you, I'll play it for you here. For those that didn't hear it, some of you don't even know what we're talking about. Here's what uh, Ethan Downs said after the game Saturday. I said earlier in the group, adversity can break a team or draw them closer together. And after two weeks of hard losses, and uh, it's frustrating, you know, putting in a lot of hard work. Um, we know we're getting better as a team, but when it doesn't show up on game day, it's very frustrating. So. Uh, keeping everybody locked in, eliminating all the cancer is what we call it. You know, all the all the cancer in the locker room, getting that out and uh, focusing on our goals and focusing on becoming closer together as a team. Eliminating all the cancer. Yeah, I just I don't think he's talking about a specific player there. It's just whatever the distractions are with this team right now, if they exist, I think that's what he's calling the cancer more than some player. Yeah. yeah I mean, and that's pretty clear, and I'm glad you played the clip because, you know, I'm sure there's some people that don't know exactly what we're talking about, which, 
would lead to more speculation anyways, right? So I'm glad you played the clip. It's Yeah, it's just it's it's tough whenever you use that word specifically because I think, Tyler, a lot of people, when they hear that about cancer used with the term, lo- used with the word locker room or words locker room, I think a lot of people in the past have used that as a singular person that is a cancer. So maybe Ethan next time just says there's poison or there's i don't know i guess pick another poison who's the poison on the team who's he talking about there's cirrhosis in the uh in the locker room ohio sooner says ohio state has alternates michigan has had alternates in the past lsu has had alternates worrying about alternate uniforms is so far down on my list of things to worry about it's barely yeah yeah i I agree with that we, we just we just got beat by a team that's got 100 different uniform combinations so I mean, is it? I think Ohio State's wearing alternates uh, this Saturday, actually. They are. They are. Absolutely. Because Texas fans were in the comments tagging Chris Del Conte saying, man, why can't we get, you you know, why can't we get alternates? Why can't we get alternates? These look so good. You're just, you're just not going to please everybody. Actually, you know what? You are going to please everybody by winning. It doesn't matter what you wear. Just go win. Leatherneck Sooner, absolutely love them. I really love the Bring the Wood uniforms, too, especially since they had the 47 straight. Yeah, I'm just I'm not big on the uh, Bring the Wood uniforms. That's just, um, I don't know, I, I've never been a fan. But they haven't worn them on the road yet, so does that mean we're going to see them in Provo a week from Saturday? Oh, boy. I mean, theoretically, that, we could. That but... could be a cool little uniform matchup there. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they just wear the... Uh, the icy road whites and maybe a potential snow game out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little incognito type situation going on. Yeah, I'm all about that. And I just, I mean, you and I are on the same page there. We just really like the road whites. Yeah, which um, it looks like there could be some, uh, maybe some snow in the forecast a week from Saturday in Provo. I don't think Sweet. I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen, um, I don't think I've ever attended an OU snow game. And I don't remember when the last snow game was. Like, it snowed at West Virginia in 2016, but it only snowed for like a quarter. And then it was kind of like a full-on snow game. I don't remember the last time. Like, OU had an ice bowl in Stillwater one time. But I've never attended an OU game before where there was snow. And if that needs to be the case in Provo, I'll, I'll, I'll be down for it one time. Just one time only. Uh, yeah, I think it would look picturesque. I'm, uh, I'm all about it. Hey, and, and, and just like the uniforms. Snow, no snow, don't care. Just go win. Yeah. Uh, what's going on at Andy B's up there in Tulsa? Man, we got them flooding in. Obviously, uh, anytime school gets out, now people are off work. They're starting to flood in a little bit. Uh, I got to go check out the bar on one of our breaks, um, or the uh, the kind of their event area where they had their nightmare on Andy B Street, and then now where they'll have their Christmas parties. And I think he said that they'd put up already 3,000 lights uh, in that room, and they, I mean, Ryland does a great job out here as far as putting together events. Uh, if you want to book one of those holiday parties, and they're filling up fast. I think he, he said he already had 125 parties booked. Um, you can book your holiday party by going to bowlandybees.com backslash Tulsa or call 918-299-9494. So uh, get, that, get that holiday party booked, uh, and they're aiming for, I believe, November 22nd. Um, as an open date for that, so uh, get get on the books uh, before that fills up. <laughs> John and Blanchard, y'all seen DG play in the cold? Hell to the no, bad weather in Provo. Yeah, at Kansas and at West Virginia, past two years. Hey, we run the ball now. <laughs> we run the ball now. 
Just just, just uh, hand it off to, uh, uh, you know, Gavin in the first half and Tawi in the second half and get out there with a 13-7 to 7 he win. Mean, he means Sawchuck, not Freeman, guys, okay? He means Gavin oh, Sawchuck, well, not Gavin <laughs> yeah, Freeman. Sawchuck. Be careful there. Yes, Sawchuck. 405. Yeah, just don't. 405-651-3439. We'll get to more of your text. And uh, speaking of running back, who's it going to be on Saturday? We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra, not just any truck, the truck. GMC's continued commitment to professional-grade engineering. Definitely a mental reset. I mean, I think uh, a lot of, like you said, like a lot of the mistakes we made are self-inflicted. So it's, um, you know, being able to you know, take a step back, look at your film, look what you, you know, you're messing up on, look what as an offense as a whole, we're not performing, or we're not executing, and, you know, coming back and fixing it. So, um, you know, a lot of mental blocks, yeah, of course, trying to get over those and um, getting out of our own way so that we can, you know, be able to perform and play the way we need to play. Doing your job, you know, that's what it is. I mean, everybody, you know, it's, it's easy to know your job, you know, off the field, but when you're out there, and, you know, in the crowd and the game and the situation's live and, you know, you can't go back and repeat a play like you can in practice. You gotta be able to execute. You gotta be able to focus. You gotta be able to hone in on on your job and be able to and be able to do it. This is Gavin Sawchuk had a nice game on Saturday. Big touchdown run, longest run of the year, belongs to Gavin Sawchuk. Tawi Walker had a nice game as well in the second half. So I uh, teased it going into the break. I don't really know how much of a tease it was, Travis. Who are the two running backs going to be on Saturday? Anything other than Tawi Walker or Gavin Sawchuk would be surprising, and well, people might riot if those aren't your two backs heading into Saturday. Yeah, I think they've earned it. And uh, what's pretty interesting is you said that was the season long. It's actually, thank God it happened because we might have said OU history. Um, OU would have had a quarterback with the longest run of the year in two straight years because Dylan Gabriel had the longest last year. He'd had the longest up to this point this year. So. Gavin Sawchuk, hopefully that's the breakout game we've all been looking for. I do think, especially with Tawi's run late, like I do think the offensive line is just, I think they're gelling a bit too. Uh, I think they gelled a bit Because they're Kansas. sticking with the five, man. I mean, you know. Right. Well, and, they, well, and they, they can now because, you know, they've got some health continuity. When you had to basically take it on a game-by-game basis and play two guards at a time because one kept getting hurt, you know, or two right guards and two left guards. One kept getting hurt and kept on having a cycle. A little bit of continuity goes a long way. Gavin Sawchuk healthy now. Tawi was healthy enough at least to come in late. I think you got to lean on those two all game. Yeah, um, I'll I tell you who I think it's a big game for. And, like, the numbers last week weren't bad. Like, he had three catches for 92 yards. Didn't have a touchdown. But the 92 yards, you say, okay, that's pretty good numbers there from from Nick Anderson. But, you know, whether he asked for it or not, and Drake Stoops is kind of the, I mean, if it's not Dylan Gabriel, I mean, that guy's like the leader of your offense right now. Everyone's looking towards Drake Stoops, and he's going to continue to get looks. But Nick Anderson had a very key drop on Saturday that could have resulted in a touchdown. Um, Nick Anderson is, he's going to have to at least be wide receiver number two, and he's going to have to be the guy, I think, going into next year. Let's see Nick Anderson show that he's ready for that role and not have a critical drop this time around. And I don't know, Travis, come back this time with five or six catches and get back to score to touchdown every single game like he was earlier in the year. 
Yeah, I mean, it's I, – and I know he's probably kicking himself for that drop. But, yeah, get the ball to him. Good things typically still happen. Like, the, the success rate of throwing him the ball is still impossibly high. So, throw him the ball, see what happens. But, man, this game, I don't want to look up at the box score at the end, Tyler, and see what I saw against Oklahoma State where our leading rusher only gets 13 carries and the next leading rusher gets eight. Like, I, I, I want to see some – I want to see some actual downhill running in rhythm. What I hope I don't see, Tyler, is a West Virginia player laying on the ground oh, every time we pick up a first down. Buddy, I got bad news for you. Oh, I no. Got, I got really bad news for you. Um, that's exactly what you're going to see when OU picks up a first down and starts running tempo. And we've been talking about it uh, really all week long. It's why, why would that stop? Why, why won't that continue until OU shows that they can move the ball consistently without running tempo? Um, teams are going to continue to fake injuries. I, I hate it. You hate it. We all hate it. It's crap football, but it's going to continue to happen. It just will. I, I honestly think, like I said, until the rule changes, I think it has long-term effects on people that run tempo. Like I, I think people that have buttered their bread with – up-tempo offenses, I think they legitimately have to rethink their entire scheme and their entire approach unless there's eventually a rule change because it is it's kryptonite. And, you know, these up-tempo offenses, there's a reason they run them like that. But if, if you can say, oh, I know how to stop this and I just lay down, I mean, it's going to be something that might it might eradicate up-tempo offenses from a sport, Tyler. Well, yeah, and, and it sucks, like, as a fan, like someone watching this team this year. Because, yes, it slows down this offense. You know it's kind of crippling this offense when it happens. But we already get an incredible amount of commercial time when teams aren't faking injuries. And watching an OU game this year when teams are faking even more injuries, my God, there's no flow to a game, dude. It, it is a, it's a tough watch. When you just get back from a three-and-a-half-minute commercial break, OU picks up a first down, someone fakes an injury. Ah, let's go to break. Let's go to a two-and-a-half-minute break here. Feels like the entire game you're just standing there waiting for action. You're just watching commercials the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and you know, Sooner Jeff brings up what we what we all bring up, how do you police it? And that's and that's why I think that it has the the opportunity to wreck up tempo offenses and eradicate them from the sport because I don't think I, I don't think there's a way you can police it fairly. And I mean, the argument, what what the call, what NCAA doesn't want to do, Tyler, the NCAA doesn't want to be seen as people who don't take injuries seriously. Yep. That, that if somebody's laying. Especially with the concussion stuff going exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they're not going to put themselves in a position where they are, you know, if you've got to come out for a series or something like that, then theoretically, Tyler, you're motivating that kid to play through injuries or to, you know what I mean? So it's a very slippery slope with how the NCAA approaches this. But again, if they don't, Tyler, we, we, we may not be able to watch up-tempo football for a long time. And I totally agree with this text from the 918. But at the same time, OU should be good enough to slow it down and still run effective plays. Bingo. Yeah. And that's going to have to be the case moving forward, especially in the SEC is OU cannot continue to be a program that is only good on offense when opposing teams aren't faking injuries and they're allowed to go up tempo. Because they got a defensive-minded head coach, Travis. 
And the defensive-minded head coach wants to be good offensively, wants to be a quick strike at times, and wants to you know put up points. But he also wants to be a program that has an offense that really you know helps out the defense. Doesn't an offense that doesn't put the defense out there for. 38, 40 minutes of the football game. An offense that doesn't routinely lose time of possession. So there's a lot of things that they're going to have to figure out going into next season, but they've got to figure out a way to not lose the time of possession battle seemingly every single week because that's an issue. And these defensive numbers are pretty good, and the defense has been good. What does this defense look like if the time of possession is right around even every single week? I bet they look a lot better, man. Yeah, no, I... I get, we talk about speed being or tempo being used as a weapon. Like, hey, you see, you see them sleeping, getting off the field. You know, you, maybe you didn't have any substitutions, and they're late getting off. Sure, C- call it. You know, get up on the ball. If, if you can use it to surprise somebody, sure, that's fine. And that's what they talk about with you know going against Brent Venables' defense, right? Is if you can go up pace, you know, they can't. Uh, you know, they can't adjust they can't get in their signals and all that and tyler what would you do if we're playing i don't know say we're playing tcu and they're doing up tempo it's the last game of the year maybe texas and kansas have both lost and 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 tcu's running tempo and we can't keep up with it what if an what if a couple ou players take a dive what what what's your reaction uh, I, I hate it, just like it's on the other side, but I, I guess I can understand it if it's TCU that they can only you know generate some offense or score when they're running up tempo. I, I mean, I, I hate that type of football. I think it's chicken you-know-what. You and I think it would be so hard for Brent Venables to tell someone, hey, fake an injury here after they get a first down. I, I would hate it. But if if that's the only weapon the offense has, then is it your job at the end of the day? To, to stop the offense at all costs. I mean, that's 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 what I I, I don't I don't know, man. It just it just all sucks, and I, I hate it's, watching it. It's, it. it's just gross. Like is is what it is, and part of the problem is, you know, people start booing it. Well, then you might be booing a kid that actually did you know tear an ACL or so. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you're dealing with a, an extremely slippery slope. But but I mean, I agree with the sentiment of you shouldn't need to rely on tempo. Yeah, and, and and that is what it is. But but it is when you finally get in that rhythm, and Brent Venables talked about this. Man, it really didn't feel like the offense could get in a rhythm. Yeah, I get that. And part of it is when you try and get in a rhythm, and, and your rhythm is, hey, let's get downhill, boom, all right, let's run, hand it off, hand it off. That's that. It's a cheat code against it, and I get it, and it's gross. Maybe, Neil, at some point it's going to get to a point where uh, against OU a, a head coach is going to fake an injury on the sideline, fake a ham- hamstring injury to stop it. Maybe Neil Brown will do that on Saturday. Grab his hamstring. Because I'm sure you saw the Twitter video on Sunday of the OSU player who like goes to the ground all by himself, is starting to reach for his like hamstring, and sees the flags on the play, and he gets back up like, oh, okay, I don't need to fake hurt here. Right, right, weird. Oh, I just, uh, I'll just get back up. I was just, uh, you know, I was just you know massaging my leg a little bit yeah it's i mean it's obvious and you can continue i mean to look at every and track every player that goes out with an injury but is miraculously in two snaps later running at full speed on those legs like it is what it is um hit from the 405 here's an idea instead of calling a timeout on offense fake an injury and get a free timeout on offense that's what we need to do tyler instead of trying to slow down the opposing 
offense and, and fake injuries on defense. Bro, like you it. have a cheat code. You can save all your timeouts yep. for the last uh, for the last two minutes of every game. Eight That's brilliant from the 405. I like that. Yeah. Seven, two, seven, nine, seven, two. Guys, all that was true at the end of last year. That is why I'm so incredibly frustrated with where we are now. No, I, I – and you're talking about the tempo, not winning time of possession. I get that. Um, and what I was saying earlier is that's that's got to change heading into the SEC because you cannot go into every single SEC game next year expecting to win big and losing the time of possession every single week. It's not it's not a recipe to win. Um, LaDonna from Lubbock, a little late to the show today, but she has a doctor's note. She has an excuse. Says, finally tuning in for the last 30 minutes. Taking care of Mr. LaDonna from Lubbock after his ACL surgery has worn me out. We are not 20 anymore, not even close. So when we finally meet LaDonna from Lubbock, we must call her husband Mr. LaDonna from Lubbock. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, you know, it's uh, a little bit late to the party. A little bit late to the party, but uh, but a good excuse. Uh, the second ACL, I believe. I, I, don't, I didn't realize she was married to Jason White. Seriously. But, uh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the uh, man. The, it, I hope I hope they figure out the injuries. But the text line's right. You're right. You can't rely on it. You can't rely on it. You got to just be able to line up and beat them. And and here's the thing. I've talked about this. I think I talked about it. We talked about it post game last week. Levy just needs to trust that at least for the rest of the year he's got better players. And sometimes. The answer isn't that I got to trick them, I got to fool them into thinking I'm going left, east, west. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm snapping it real quickly. Maybe Tyler, it's just as simple as I got a bunch of highly touted guys on the offensive line that are, that are going to block for my highly touted running backs, and there's nothing that you're going to be able to do about it. Like, get back to that, and and that's where, like I said, it comes back to at the places he's been, whether that be Southeastern or UCF or Baylor or Ole Miss. You couldn't go week by week and just have the better players. And I think that's why we get caught up losing to less talented teams is because the talent advantage that we have, it's not being used correctly. Yeah. What's going on at Andy B's up there in Tulsa? Man, they got the Christmas music blaring already. Right. You think it's uh you think there'd be some uh, gift wrapping going on behind me, but now they're uh, they're decorating like fools in here right now. Uh, they've got a uh, they've got a big party in here right now with LDF. Uh, they've got some league bowling going on. The, the arcade uh, is staying busy with a few people running through there. So uh, lot, lots to do. Obviously, kids eat free here on Wednesdays with uh, any adult entree purchase. So you definitely get your fair share of the kids in here uh, late. And then obviously later tonight, they've got that in- service industry night from 7 p.m. to close. Every Wednesday they do that. That's only $7 for unlimited bowling. There's not a lot of things in life that are only $7 these days. Um, they've got beer and food specials for that going on, so lots of exciting stuff per usual going on at Andy B's. Three games left in the regular season for OU. We'll rank them in terms of uh, toughness. One, two, three, when we get back right here on The Ref. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KREF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno is family-owned and operated, and they take pride in providing a no-pressure, friendly sales process with excellent service. Now you can't beat that. Be sure to check out the lineups for Buick and GMC and get top dollar for your trade. So take a little drive to big savings. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in El Reno, or Dorsey... 
It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa. It is the early signing period for college hoops, college baseball, college softball, and some others. Uh, spoiler alert, Patty Gasso signed arguably the best class once again in the sport. Probably didn't meet, need me to tell you that, but more and more talent is on the way for Patty Gasso's team in Norman. Um, for Porter Moser's squad, he had the number 48 overall class. Two signees, Travis led by Dayton Forsyth, the three-star out of uh, Dale. Number one player in the state. The kid can score. I think he signed later today, but yeah, Dayton Forsyth, number one player in the state, uh, coming to OU. That's two two signees today. Yeah, uh, well, and... You know, now Porter is kind of in his, I mean, we talk about it with the football team a lot, right? When do you get your own guys, right? Now, now Porter is to the point where he's got, the, the roster is 100% full of guys that he recruited there. And uh, I don't know if you watched their season opener, but he kept on talking about how athletic this team is going to be. Yeah, they back it up. So uh, really excited to see what Porter squad does this year. I think they're going to be much better than last year. And, uh, and you know, once you start to have the results, Tyler, then you can really start to recruit. Once you fill the stadium, right, if you fill the arena, it's very tough to recruit when, you know, you got recruits that you're trying to host, they come to a game, and you've got, you know, 100 people in the stands, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cavernous in there. But who knows, maybe they get the new arena, maybe they get some renewed interest. The student section showed out. In the first game, I mean, students, bravo, Uh, anybody who's a student or if you've got a student that's at OU. Or uh, a fake student ID, nice job. Fake, Yeah, or just a really old student ID that you're able to slip in there. Like, students did a great job, so hopefully the team continues. And it's an exciting team. I mean, it's a high-flying team. It's, it's, it's a... It's a more exciting style, Tyler, that's just more fun to watch in person. So, it's a style uh, that this fan base has been wanting to see for a while. Yeah, yeah, and I can't wait. I'll be going to plenty of games uh, throughout the season coming down from Tulsa. So I'm excited. I hope to see a lot of the Ref Army there. Uh, okay, three games left in the regular season for OU. In terms of toughness from most difficult to easiest, can you just go down the schedule as it happens? West Virginia 1, at BYU 2, TCU 3. Is it is it that simple? Or is it another uh, order? Yeah, I mean, I it's probably that simple. Uh, probably, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I might flip TCU. TCU's got some dudes. You know, we'll see if they can kind of figure some things out. Obviously, we'll see them against Texas. I think... I think you should, and and I know this. I know I said this every week, Tyler, but I I still do believe it to be true. You should beat all three of these teams. Oh, like, yeah, just, totally. Just take care of the football, and you should beat all three of these teams. Let's not make it too too complicated. Yeah. Uh, now, whether they will or not, I, again, depends on turnovers, taking care of uh, or taking advantage of opportunities. I, we we know what they got to do, but they're a thirteen and a half point favorite this week. They should. They should. Finish the regular season ten and two, and we'll we'll see what happens uh, in a bowl game after that. Could be a Big Twelve championship berth with ten and two. Could be a New Year six berth with ten and two. Hell, it could be OU and USC in the Alamo Bowl at ten and two. The Alamo Bowl try uh, may try and work that one together for TV ratings. I, I don't think USC will have the record to necessarily get in the Alamo Bowl, but OU didn't have the record to get in the Cheez It Bowl last year at six and six. They can work right. things how they want. 
Yeah, that's the question is, hey, what's the biggest draw? And it, it would be a it would be a very big draw, but, man, those records could be far apart. I, I, oof, I don't know. I mean, it's well, – They're going to be 8-4, 7-5, di- right? I mean, because they're correct. losing Oregon this weekend. The question is, do they beat UCLA or not? Well, I don't know. Oregon uses a lot of alternate uniforms, Tyler. <laughs> Uh, that Oregon staff is uh, they're they're going to go ahead and run up the score. They are uh, oh they're, man they're when it comes to battling for West Coast recruits, man. I mean, they didn't get to do it last year, but when you look at like the state of California recruiting, Oregon is doing very well in California recruiting. And as they go into the Big Ten, you know they know they're going up at a lot of the same guys that USC is, and they see that USC's a little bit wobbly. Their knees are a little bit wobbly. They're on the ropes right now. They've just gotten rid of their defensive coordinator. Like they've lost a few games. They're unranked. I think. Uh, I think Dan Lanning is thinking kind of like he did against Colorado. Tyler, he's thinking, okay, it's time to it's time to put these guys out of their misery and show uh, all these recruits where where it's really happening. If the score um, on Saturday reflects how much Oregon has been dominating California recruiting, then it will be a blowout. I've seen the numbers recently. Oregon's doing a hell of a job in the state of California. USC, man, not so much. Not yeah. so much when it comes to blue chips. Yeah, and if and and if they keep playing like this, I mean, I know that Oregon bags dudes, no doubt about it. But at a certain point, you got to just admit, like, hey, Dan's got them cooking out there, uh, out there uh, in Oregon. So, you know, you got to give them the uh, the proper respect. But yeah, if they win and just totally blow the doors off USC, I mean. I can't wait to hear what Plasky says. Oh, it's going oh, to be amazing. It was Grinched, I think, was his headline last Sunday. Who knows what it would be this time around. <laughs> okay, so but seriously, though, if, if OU and USC were to play in a bowl game, and it would be the Alamo Bowl, with or without Caleb Williams, I think the real factor here is Muleshoe, Lincoln Riley. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that OU plays USC in a bowl game, Caleb Williams opt out, opts out, and Muleshoe takes another job. How much less do we care about the whole hate aspect of it with USC if those two aren't present for the game? How, how much does that change things for, for this fan I, base? Hmm. I think it'll. I think it'll still be there uh, simply because it's still his te- like Lincoln's team. And, and I get, like I said, I put this on Twitter like last week. It's an unpopular opinion, but I don't hold any ill will towards Caleb. I, I hold all my ill will towards Lincoln Riley. So um, whether Caleb plays, you know, that will obviously affect the outcome dramatically. But Lincoln Riley is the one that's got to hang out on that sideline and, uh, and, and, and get what's coming to him if, if that were to be an opportunity. If he were to leave, I think the real weird question is, do USC fans and OU fans kind of – bond in some weird way or were they just Not so Twitter. ugly these last two years that we're just going to rub their faces in it i think that will i think it'll be all about how they approach it maybe in real life maybe in person but not on twitter it would be a it'd be a battle for yeah, a Twitter, month there, there. twitter's not real life according to dave Chappelle. yeah 405 651 final segment of the rush we'll hit more ou football next right here on the ref a true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army. Get the-, the OKC Metro as well. It's another night of Maction. Three games of Maction. Akron at Miami of Ohio. Bowling Green at Kent State. Eastern Michigan at Toledo. Are you so football starved at this time of the year that you'll take in some Maction? Or is your uh, attention going to be elsewhere on this uh, Wednesday night? 
Uh, I might take in some action, you know. I, I, I wouldn't even say, you know, football, you, you need to be football starved. I, I always have an appetite for a little bit of college football because, Tyler, we talk about it all offseason, man. Football season is short. Enjoy it while it's here. That's why we talk about, well, you know, I'm not even going to pay attention to the first, you know, the first six games before Texas or whatever, or huh. the first, you know, like, why not? Like, guys, we're, we finally have football back. Like, and get there this Saturday. We finally got a night game. Got some alternate uniforms under the lights. We've still got a chance to make the Big 12 championship. I'm sure you'll have a fun Maction ending in one of those three games. So you don't have to watch the whole game. Got to. Watch they the don't final. call it Maction for nothing. That's right. You watch the final ten minutes or so and uh, see if see if craziness can happen on a Wednesday night. You mentioned um, – we're, we're talking about Oregon and USC, and you mentioned Colorado earlier. Boy, uh, talk about Colorado not being much of a story anymore in this sport. That that it, they were the biggest topic in the sport for what the first month, and the past month, y- yeah, no they one's were the biggest really topic in sports. Jeez, <laughs> I mean, they were leading every national show, and 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 that's the thing. It's you know now they look like they look game. even they look even crazier because now Dion demotes the best coach on his staff, and a coach that was averaging thirty two points per game. And then they go, then they uh, they they switch coaches and have their worst offensive showing of the entire year, and it's just I don't know, man. It's it's gotten ugly quickly. So it, it'll be interesting to watch down the stretch. But yeah, I wonder if uh, people are still showing up on their sidelines. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think old To's gonna was there for the Oregon State game last week? My, I don't know if he can. They better hope so if he can block. Seriously, get him they out need some there. offensive linemen to show up on their sidelines. Four oh five OU fans have hated USC for many years before Lincoln went there. Greg from Lawton saying uh, SC has been hated since the seventies. The olds are in either way, and that was uh, in reference to how would OU fans if OU plays USC in a bowl game, but uh, Caleb or Muleshoe's not there. And I agree. Like I've I've disliked USC my entire life. I was at the 04 Orange Bowl. It sucked. My hatred for USC got kicked up a notch after that bowl game, but it got into a new, uh, got to a different level after the whole mule shoe situation. So yes, I, I I will still hate USC even after he leaves. And well, yeah, it just it just brought in new people to the hate, right? It was it was bringing the younger generations in. It was like showing them, you know, the first Star Wars trilogy or something. You know what I mean? Like it was just showing them something that you grew up on and being like, see, isn't this so much fun? Hating USC? This is what I did when I was a kid, too. Come in. It's family tradition. Any scuttlebutt on who their D.C. hire is going to be? You mean whoever the next fall guy is? I don't know. I mean, it, it obviously really depends if, um, you know, if Lincoln sticks around or if he goes to the NFL. But no scuttlebutt, even though I've seen Jim Leonard photoshopped in a lot of hey. USC gear lately from USC fans. But Let's I don't go. think that's going to happen. All right. That's the name they need. Uh, all right, that'll do it for us today. As always, we appreciate all the interaction. And, of course, Andy B's for having Travis out there in Tulsa as well. Back at it tomorrow right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You're listening to the home of Sooner